0: I've I've thought, and this is a more extreme version of of that policy that okay. this used to get at me, it used to make me so mad. The bridge tunnels yeah. in Hampton Roads that they just need to get rid of the guardrails. And this is it's like a it's like a you know Darwinism thing here. If you go <laughs> screeching off, then I'm sorry. And if you wreck in the tunnel, the little sweeper comes up and pushes your car over the edge too. Like pushes your car out of the tunnel, drags it up there, and then pushes it over the edge.
1: What we do here is go back, 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 back,
0: back, back, back. Welcome back to the Wheel Rap Podcast, everybody. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers. Sometimes about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, ww.twheelroute.com or at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Get the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all the way up in the internet. My name is Logan Whitehouse. <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm coming to you guys uh live from Stewart, Florida. I'm also on Twitter at log on the dawn. Uh here in Stuart. Uh, we actually had kind of a sneaky nice weekend. Uh didn't rain as much as it was supposed to. We did have a couple deluges yesterday um, as, as is, you know, want to happen this time of year, but um, yeah, otherwise just uh, we're we're keeping, we're keeping an eye on the, uh, on the tropics. Uh, We do have uh, tropical storm Ian, you know, with its sights set on some part of Florida, um, but uh, as of now, we are not in the cone. So happy to announce that we are not in the cone and uh, we do not plan to be in the cone, but uh, prayers up for the people in Cuba and the Keys, because they look like they. Might, uh, might, might get a little rain here in the next couple of days. Anyhow, who else is out here? My name
2: is Jordan Schenk. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where fall weather has revisited us once again. We survived the late summer snap of mid-80s weather in September, but we're back into football weather. Uh, happy to report. Had a great uh, great weekend of golf up here which we can or can't talk about no makes no difference to me um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan i would like to wish a hearty congratulations to jelani woods uh many listeners know him as the original huge tight end it's a gigantic uh, tight end yes for the yes. for the virginia cavaliers he caught not one but two touchdown passes today to open his nfl account and uh Led the Colts to a win,
0: so really KO'd some uh, some Survivor pools. Yeah. this weekend it's been a rough year for Survivor pools. I'm gonna go. Out, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. Yep. Thoughts and prayers to those affected. <clears throat> Thank you for your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I was affected three weeks ago. Shout out to shout out to Ryan Tannehill for that. Love that. In recovery. I'm an idiot. Related.
3: Sure. Who else is um, here? <clears throat> Tell me about yourself sir. My name is Jason Crick. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um where yeah it was it's been uh, it's been lovely this weekend. Um just delightful. We're roaring into quarter zip Henley season which right in my wheelhouse. Um you go quarter zip
0: and Henley at the same no, time? That is, that is so a panic. that is a wild clashing of yeah, close, closure not, mechanisms on the no, front. Not
3: okay. not remotely at the same time. We go Sometimes alternate days, you know, we try to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> um, follow my Henley and Quarters of News at Jason Cracker on Twitter, uh, where I will I will never tweet about really anything involving clothing. I'll goad you into it. Don't worry. That's probably fair. Um, yeah, I uh, congrats to to Jelani. I guess also congrats to to the U.S. President's Cup team for I believe their ninth straight win. Um, wow. And specifically, congrats to the homie Max Homa going four zero. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Max Homa. Right. And um, and honestly, congrats to the internationals too, because they they didn't really have much of a much of a case to be made that they had a chance at that, and they made it interesting for like a couple hours today. It was good. I was I was very impressed. A very likable
0: collection of internationals yeah. too. Very which, very much. So. I mean, obviously, yeah. is is helpful in all cases, but you know, yeah. Shout out. That was fun. Yeah, very enjoyable. I
2: I also want to point out, while we're on President's Cup, um, I have joined my colleague Big Randy in in sharing the Scotty Scheffler does not pass the eye test at times point. Um, Mr. Scheffler won zero of his matches. That's true. Both both team and individual this weekend.
3: He He struggled this weekend. That is correct.
2: I think that should be pointed out.
3: I will also point out that he made like fifteen million dollars this year. Yeah, <laughs> both the, both things the are very true in the history of golf. Yeah, I would like to point out
0: that he got ridiculous TIO relief at the Masters that set off a chain of events that led to him having a ridiculous year. And I would, I, if I could go back to any point in human history, I think I'd go back to that uh, the issuance of that and sure. uh, and, That's and that back. A
3: normal a normal thing to say. I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, okay, but. Here here's
2: an interesting like if we were to undo that, Cam Smith wins the masters. Oh no, would he have jumped ship earlier and then potentially a a better, more prime wave of PGA guys leave? Can't rule it out. No, it's the butterfly effect, Logan. I mean, I think all the
0: people that are apt to go to live have pretty much already done it and I mean, there's probably going to be some occasional extras, but
2: right. But I feel I, like, like you've pretty much a lot like of stated your case that now. Him leaving was largely fueled by his his major exemption that he got oh. by winning the Open. Oh, ah, yeah.
3: that's that's the thing is if you if you don't want the Masters, then he's got his five years or his three years or whatever it is, Right. and he can bounce early and not be kicked out of the Open Championship later that year. So, um, yeah. yeah no, so maybe I, yeah. So maybe he does leave early, but. It does it does kind of feel like getting getting off the Scotty Scheffler topic, because Lord knows we'll never agree on that. But it does it does feel a little bit like Liv might have shot their shot. And now it's kinda of, we'll see. And they're not going away. They no. they have all the money in the world. They're just gonna keep doing this. But um I think they probably had a rough couple of weeks between um let's see, they're they're openly petitioning petitioning the World Golf Ranking to change their rules, um, despite being told a thousand times that the rules aren't changing. Just on the principle of like, you should change the rules because we want you to. We have because we have a lot of good. There's a
0: lot of good golfers.
3: We have DJ and Cam Smith. Right. Their (laughs) whole argument is we have like four or five world class golfers, and you need to adapt to us. um, And it's sociopathic. And the other thing, the other thing is Greg Norman uh, went to Capitol Hill this week to like lobby i guess for lack of a better word he was literally a lobbyist and from from several accounts basically got told to f off by basically everybody he talked to on both sides of the aisle
2: got bar um, bipartisanly yeah. laughed out of
3: got, rooms he was got there. the got the bicameral middle finger um i think um rare feat I think
2: these
0: days i think yeah. mr mr, mr. Uh, tron tron carter might be onto something that they the Live Golf Group may need to move on from Mr. Norman as a mouthpiece and CEO of the organization here right before enough. before too much longer. Just from a like, if they want to actually legitimize maybe their business operation a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I think he's I think he's served his his uh, his his place his role. He's he's he done an admirable this, job.
3: I I have not read this take. What what advantages do they see that as having? Because it, it doesn't it didn't feel like now there was one line some Republican congressman slipped in that he. I believe he said, "I have no idea what he's saying. I can't understand his accent, which is hilarious." Because um, also it, pretty on brand. Dude love, love that as well. <laughs> Australian accent, like it cannot <laughs> right. be that understand. Yeah, how about you? Dude's speak lived America's in South Florida American. his like entire yeah, exactly. adult life. <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious, what was the what was the argument of like if not for Norman they could do this?
0: Well, I, I think they're just saying like they probably they would be better suited presence. with more of like a. Yeah, an actual, like, business-minded CEO person um, at this point instead of kind of a guy who's literally just a pot and, like, trying to gain... Because, like, they they have the attention now. They don't need the Greg Norman, like, mouthpiece attention. Yeah, I think that's fair.
3: And uh, Greg Norman does seem to be... And he's a clown. I
0: mean, he's an absolute clown. Like, I mean, he's a very interesting guy. Like, I, I...
3: the I documentary know. was fascinating it was a really good documentary um sure. and it. i mean
0: he's just like kind of a like crazy like adrenaline junkie guy too yeah. like you know he does all kinds of all manner of of wild things he's he's, he's a
3: very he's a very australian stereotype
0: um yeah but but, but also opinion. like yeah he loves, I mean, him
3: some, he loves him some him that's for he sure. does and it's basically i think the the no line up guys had a good conversation about this i think in the president's cut preview but i'm not sure where it's basically like the, the tactic they're going with is they basically like spent 12 months just throwing middle fingers at the PGA tour. And like, basically, and they, they did compare it nicely. It's like the same idea as like the let's go Brandon crap. Like you're just professionally trolling. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow. And they won't compromise with us. Unbelievable. <laughs> like yeah, right. Like, the insanity that it takes to do that is the hubris is remarkable. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, yeah that's insane and so i the pga tour seems to be doing things the right way and like you can whine and moan and say like, well they never would have changed stuff if not for live which is objectively untrue because they were very open about there was about to be a huge influx of money um right and you know maybe they maybe they're the ones that got the the top players to sit down and say we need to dedicate ourselves to playing together more often maybe listen i mean like, both
0: things can be true i don't really right. think like i think that there's definitely been some uh some like more movement uh of the dial there they were they were almost certainly catalysts
3: but but the instant you signed up to take saudi money and go about it the gross and trolly way you did yeah you lost the ability to be like see we were the hero we were the dark knight we were the hero we didn't, right. didn't know you needed like nope <laughs> yeah Nicholson, you just wanted I, money, i've had
0: enough
3: but, of that yeah so all the the, the phil
0: was right bros can, can oh, take a hike because get out of here Anyhow, all right. Well, I think we all stand roughly on the same footing there. But We're just shout out leaving. to the President's Cup team. And we will not keep a BDI on the Live Golf Tour on YouTube. Uh, not even a little bit. got other stuff going on. You know, I'd rather watch the NFL. And I don't do a whole lot of that either. So just it's, it's um, a sad
3: statement and very true. <laughs>
0: um, all right, we drink anything fun tonight.
2: Uh I'm working through another Costco uh case of polar waters. This is the black cherry tonight. It's a black okay. cherry night.
0: Black cherry. <laughs> not not to be confused with the red bandana night. That's Correct. Sure. But similar to very yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Similar significance, but right.
3: different significance.
0: <laughs> uh Cracky, what, what you got, buddy?
3: Uh, I have another Devil's Backbone, backbone lager. Love it. It's uh, just delightfully refreshing. And also it's a twelve ounce can, but it feels smaller, which hmm. is weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe my hands are growing. That's a super normal Is thing. Is it a
0: different shape?
3: I don't know. I might mean, be. I don't know. Are you,
0: are you cycling? Are you cycling it's on different. right now? Because I mean, I think your hands yeah. I
3: mean, could, like obviously, with like the, the mass amount of HGH it's, that it's I do, the trend in the HGH, like, right? This feels right. normal, but uh, you have a
0: colostrum supplier. You've been you've been doing right. colostrum smoothies. I I can hook uh, you up if you're
3: interested. The, the you can work that out too. The legal consultant for the Wheel Route Podcast, Colton Puckett, has advised me not to discuss this any further
0: not to discuss okay fair enough uh, I just got the flat water tonight a little lime in there um but I didn't have some beers this weekend you know shout out to the weekend beers love love that revisited love revisited uh, uh the civil society Brewing company and I had an Isla Murata sandbar Sunday mm. um which is a, a, a just a favorite a staple around these parts a little well, fan citrusy fan. wheat ale yeah so
2: so since um escaping your 75 days of yeah of right. your strict, rigid living. Hard living. Um, What's your flat water intake? Have you kept it at a gallon a day?
0: No, I haven't. I definitely haven't kept it at a gallon. I'm trying to drink three quarters of a gallon a day. So like a hundred, like a hundred ounces of water a day. But I mean, that's, that's enough water.
3: How do you, what is your, what is your water container of choice? This?
0: Well, right now it's this. I also have a large metal half galloner that I was working on for about the first half. But for whatever reason, I find this easier to drink out of and it, it's like I can drink one of these and it doesn't seem like if you have a whole half gallon you're working on for whatever reason so that, it's so that really that wears on me yeah yeah,
3: yeah exactly so you just
0: lug that around the house that's why I like
3: what I I always I this will shock nobody that knows me but I mm-hmm. uh it's not uncommon for me to like lose a water bottle no um sure.
0: yeah comes amongst
3: us yeah and so <laughs> I you know I like the nice water bottles so they don't get like super condensation-y and all that stuff. So right. I've wasted You're a man about emails. town. I, I know. Yeah. Um, and so I I, I usually go with the Hydro Flask, but I just didn't know if you went like Hydro Flask or Yeti or.
0: Well, the one, the metal one I have is an Arctic, which is like a knockoff Yeti. Yeah. It's like the yeah. Yeti half gallon um, one. And I listen, it. it's a great bottle. I love that bottle. But you also can't see into it because it's metal. And so sometimes you think you're like, oh, I'm about to finish this one off, and then you'll take like four more giant swallows of water, you and you're just up and up and like, like so, still yeah, you get so yeah, you think. just get you get so disheartened by the amount of water that is still left in there as you're just like tears are streaming down your face before bed, um, because you know you're gonna pee six times the next forty five minutes. But you know it's okay. We built character, and um, you know, people are calling me Luke P. I've got so much character these days. So I'm, I'm happy for you. All right. Um, Jordan, did you, you know, we can since we've been talking a little bit of golf here, uh, we'd go around the horn real quick on the weekend. That was, you played, you played twice. You joined Mr. Correct this, this, this morning and played. I had a lovely Friday lesson session. You know, the boys were grinding this weekend. That's right. That's really what I'm trying to get at. We H- how are we feeling?
2: The golf ball.
0: <laughs> how are we feeling? How's the state of the game?
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, for me, like Saturday morning played with friend of the program brother of one of our co-hosts connor whitehouse um that was it you know an enjoyable uh weather it it took a bit longer than expected to get around the 18 holes which weighed on me a bit mentally i think uh, paired with some randos played with yeah two different randos pairs of oh, wow. randos actually uh so the first nine we got some some jmu-ish guys um, and then at the turn, they took that opportunity to break away from the pack and jump out in front of the foursome that had been holding us up while, um, mm. we, we looked for sustenance at the turn oh, that apparently was not, uh, not Lakeview's wheelhouse there. So we waited a bit and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got, got put behind the eight ball. Um, yeah, joined up see. with two kind of college age guys. Um, Definitely out there just for vibes, like. I love out, that. Out it's just right. like enjoying Golfing the board. weather, smacking a yeah. ball around, um,
0: having a hot girl walk, as they say, as the yeah. as the the hot boys say.
2: fall, <laughs> cozy boy fall. They were <laughs> they <laughs> out there like, one of the guys was like hoodie. I think he was wearing jeans or like khaki cargos and high top vans, and just like oh okay, yeah, just getting after it. <laughs> um, I didn't score well Saturday I scored well I scored better today uh, which was encouraging to that I that I could rebound that that was a concern I had on, mm. on such a quick turnaround um, but it was yeah it was good to get rust off and uh, see got to play Valley today which was of course I hadn't played probably since last year um, the Creek Miller 18 potentially my favorite. 18 in the area between right. that inherited jokes. Um,
0: so yeah, all in all, no complaints. Love it. Congratulations, Jason. You had yourself the morning. I saw
3: got, I did. I did. The played the internet. Uh, the
0: internet told on you. The internet, first of all, told on you that you three put a hole. Uh, but then I, I I was tracking you down the stretch and, and congratulations.
3: Was that let's see, that was was that one? No,
0: it was it was early. One yeah, it was one.
3: I three put part one. Yeah, yeah, no. um. No, I had a I had a, I had a very good day. I had a very good morning. Um the, the game is the game is in really good shape right now. I've like I think I think all five of the last five rounds I've played are like handicap contributors at the moment. Um the the is index healing. It is. The index is down to nine. Like things are <laughs> things are good. Um but yeah, shot uh, shot seven over seventy-eight this morning. Uh it was really just like it was a really good vibe group. Um, it was Jordan, myself, a uh, friend of the podcast, Ted Slocum, and wow. then, um, the and, the fast. To, and then our, our men's basketball trainer at JMU joined us for the first nine, then had to get back for practice because we are professional. Um, I did not get back for practice, <laughs> um, but, right. Naturally. um, but yeah, the, the vibe Coach will have really you running
2: suicides tomorrow. That's yeah, okay. That's
1: fair.
3: Um, it was just, uh, like, I think what? I shot seventy eight. Ted shot seventy eight. Jordan shot eighty one. Like it was, we averaged under eighty for the three of us, yeah. um, which is it was it was just good vibes. It was good. And Creek Miller was in great condition. It was a a lovely fall day. We got a little bit of like, it, it kind of bounced back and forth between um, a little bit of like blustery cool fall, and then like the sun would come out and it got a little toasty, and it was good. It was a good mix. But excellent. No, the uh, the ball striking is going well. I hit a lot of greens today. I think I hit twelve greens, maybe eleven greens today. Um, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get anything real close. So I had a lot of like thirty-foot lag birdie putts to try to save par. Um, which but I you did really well. I did most of the time. I was putting the ball really well. I was seeing lines really well. Um, so shout out, proud of yeah. you. But it just it was it's a weird like kind of numbers lie because like I had thirty-five putts, which doesn't look great. Right, but right. but you, had, yeah, you I, had a bunch
0: of greens, so that's yeah. I, I
3: that's, had a bunch of like twenty-five foot looks for birdie, and I, I had I had two birdies, and both of them were at least were probably fifteen feet that I knocked down. So no, um, yeah, it was a fun round. It's golf is fun when your scores are boring. It's great. easy game, easy it's fun game. Fun when you don't have to swing as much. I know. I feel I feel <laughs> rest, rested and relaxed, and my hands aren't tired. It's wonderful. Well, i have to, to talk like,
0: about you want to talk about swinging I, a lot. My Friday afternoon involves a lot of a lot of swinging. But how many, how many we're, balls we're did we mow through
2: in in the lab
0: Ooh. on Friday? A lot. I mean, <laughs> it felt like I hit a lot. I mean, I I hit a bunch of wedges, just warming up, and then we sort of did some free swinging, and then we did some targeted practice, like some ball striking, swinging. some some swing, some yeah, some some swing training. Um, we you know we're working on getting a little shallower um you guys have seen me play play golf i'm a little i tend to be a little steep i don't hit it uh terribly for how steep um i swing uh, but i i could stand to improve that aspect of my game and not have to rely on uh on um just extreme excellent hand-eye coordination that i possess um in order to uh to hit it roughly straight so yeah we're, we're working on it we're working through some things got some things to work on shout out to a friend of the podcast mike ortega uh, for letting me out uh, at the beautiful range at Jonathan's Landing Country yeah. Club. Uh, Old Trail. Beautiful spot. Make you door. know that place is nice when there's a sign outside of the neighborhood that is uh, that says, Fly In Estates. Like, it's, it's letting you know that these you can fly into these estates that are out yeah. there. It was beautiful. But really nice range. It's, like, set up like a hole. Um, there's, like, a fair actual fairway. There's, uh, like, a bunch of flags down the right and left side with, like, bunkers in front of uh green so you can um get like good looks at your standard yardages um but you also like unlike some driving ranges it's not like you just want to pick out one spot to aim your driver like you actually get the real feel for like driving into a fairway instead of uh just like super aggressive target so
1: yeah yeah anyhow
0: we're grinding um still have some work to do but was encouraged by early returns um with the driver it just you know, some things feel different, and I know that the changes changes come slow, and uh, they feel like they're massive changes. And then when you watch yourself swing, you're like, "Oh, it just looks better." It doesn't actually look that different at all. I just <laughs> yeah. feel like I'm hitting like this, like top spin forehand winner uh driver, and I am, you know, not still, but it's okay. We're But uh,
3: that's what Jordan found. Yeah, uh, Jordan, I, I, you I better buckle up, Jordan. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're.
0: We're working
3: on it, but Jordan, I think you you probably outdrive me more often than not now.
2: Well, that might be about to change because I'm trading in Maybe. raw American speed for some forgiveness here this That's week.
3: Right. So raw <laughs> American speed. You'll
0: be all right. Yeah. I also all I right. think
3: I I look I realized my driver's like five or six years old at this point. So, so. one thing at a time. The wedges are next.
2: I'd like to I'd like what to mend my the, earlier statement that I didn't have anything to complain about. I would like to complain that uh the the beloved Nike SQ hybrid cost me several several strokes.
3: Yeah, it today. was it was off it was a little off today. Yeah. Okay. But also and, uh, and it was the
0: club's fault, just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah. It cost um, it. okay, gotcha. Right. Um yeah. the uh <laughs>
3: one of the funnier Nike things I've seen, of course. <laughs> But so one of the funny things that I've seen on a golf course happened literally on the first tee today. Um, oh, yeah. We were Jordan. Oh, you were last. If you right? only last could have been hour.
0: here for a this. Real, I was at a real breakfast ball exercise. It
3: was, so, it, <laughs> it was. So Jordan is on the first tee. We've all we tossed all us, the tee, and, and the I tea.
2: was last in the pecking yeah. order. That's we're right. Teeing so, off on par five. Jason, Ted, Corey have all teed off. I yeah. step up to the tee. Jason,
3: please continue. And uh, so <laughs> Jordan loads up and gets ready and everything's good. And he takes his backswing and at the top of his backswing from it had to be from Route Eleven, which if you've been to Shinvali like yeah. <laughs> Greek one at the end of the parking lot, you are a good it's probably three hundred, four hundred yards from Several route
2: hundred yards from Route Eleven.
3: And we just get right? <laughs> it the blast. like it was last it was like a semi truck horn blast, and like real brief, to the point that it like Jordan joked, like somebody had him on a telescope, but it, it could not have been more perfectly timed or perfectly durationed with being right at the top. I was so at the with top with the air horn five feet behind him, <laughs> and he was just, and Jordan like like kind of quick blocks it a little bit right, and just like, are you kidding? So we did allot him a breakfast ball that because it like it could not have been more like. I'm oh, telling sure. you, if I would have been sitting in the golf cart, just waiting with an air horn, it wouldn't have been <laughs> like right as he started his downswing. It was so funny. It takes me back to the, that, uh, the jackass scene. Yeah, okay. the it was, the I, it literally, it seemed like <laughs> that time it was so perfect. I, I, but so, I mean, listen, anytime you can start around like that, you know, it's not going to be bad.
2: Yeah. So the, like, so the group was kind enough to afford me a breakfast oh. ball on that situation. I made great use of it piped my second drive um, into the fairway. But then I, like the gentleman I am, uh, right. sculled my six iron a 100 yards iron. down down mm. the fairway into the rough to kind of balance things out. So. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. Ball done, a real ball down lie situation. End
2: yeah, I, I didn't want that weighing on me for 17 more holes right. that I had eagled <laughs> off of a breakfast ball. And then <laughs> the integrity of my score was going to be in question.
3: That's true. No,
0: you're okay. That you're
3: attestation right. would have been up in the air. Like we said, I feel like Ted we, would have had my we, back. we maybe
0: perseverate on the on the score a bit hard. <laughs> what? <these parts. laughs> Speaking of perseverating on the score, let's get to let's get to some college football. What do you guys say? Oh, let's. Let's do it. All right, first up, news and notes. Um Jeff Collins. It, it's it's time. It is officially time for Jeff Collins. Jeff with a G. Jeff by with the a G, Geoff Collins out as Georgia Tech's head football coach. Do we know if he is he out immediately? Have we read anything about that because I um I guess there's a special meeting on Monday, but yeah, there
2: so I I first learned of this news because I saw a tweet from message board geniuses uh. where they had screen grabbed the uh, Georgia Tech coaching board thread and the first suggestion was one uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville. so yes, thanks for to that well one as in well in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, very well-adjusted response there for sure. Um, might be in the best interest of the country if if well, Tommy. I had that thought as well. I had that thought as well,
2: but you have to replace him with somebody. This is true, and it can only it
0: can only be more sinister and and, and doofy. So, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of figured this one. It it was it was really a a, a neck and neck race between Brian Harson and him uh, to see who was going to get the axe first, and. Uh, missouri literally threw a bone to uh uh, auburn this weekend um to keep harson maybe around maybe uh, for a little bit longer but yeah i don't really know that we need to like revisit the jeff collins experience 10 and 28 as the head coach kind of excitable i could see maybe some of his shtick not going well if you're only 10 and 28 as the head coach. Um excellent defensive coordinator by all accounts. He was the Florida defensive coordinator. I really liked him um, when he was there. I think he'll land on his feet, probably get a DC job or analyst job if he wants to continue to coach. I would think he would be a great guy to have on your staff. I think he's a high energy guy, good recruiter, excellent X X and O, you know, coordinator, but probably just not not the not the organizational Decision maker for uh, to lead your program.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, the I yoga pants minded. were a bit much too. What's that?
0: The yoga pants were a bit much too.
2: Yeah, he uh, he really leaned into the Waffle House thing early on mm. after getting hired, which was again a little sticky. Um, yeah, but he was going but full that's Atlanta. That's kind of like recruiter energy you need. Um, yeah, I mean like. North Carolina, we'll get to this later. Needs a, needs a defensive coordinator, like like a yes. fish needs water. So uh, <laughs> there's there's an
0: option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Georgia Tech, I feel like is sits at a weird spot. We've talked about this before, as far as like where their program is and maybe who they want to be and who they can be and everything else. Um, do you does do you think Georgia Tech has enough cachet to pull like Jamie Chadwell?
2: Um, maybe. I think it depends what he wants.
0: I mean, I guess it depends on who else is open and, yeah, what he wants. But that would be a good step for him. But I I do feel like there's a little bit of risk with Georgia Tech.
2: Yeah. But it's like, I I mean, I think back to the Billy Napier situation where, like, LSU kind of treated him as a safety net Mm -hmm. plan when they were doing their search, by all accounts. And Florida apparently went after him really aggressively. And he went with where he was wanted so uh-huh. that that could turn out to be similar with whoever georgia tech hires that they they True. really pursue someone 110 percent that maybe is getting kind of put on the back burner by someone else but
0: yeah i don't know the situation with any like quote unquote high profile uh assistance anywhere i don't you know i don't it, Georgia Tech, like given the situation they're in, I could see them doing the like we'd rather have like, a pro- quote unquote proven head coach to be you know come in and be the head coach moving forward. But you know they did have it's not like Collins was a f- too fresh of a head coach. He had done a good job at Temple uh, to earn that job at Georgia Tech. So um.
2: Jason, how does uh, Kurt Zignetti feel about Atlanta?
3: Couldn't tell you.
2: Okay. <clears throat> I owe it to the listeners to ask. Either either
3: based on my knowledge or uh, legally, probably. Sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Legally. Yeah. You're going to go to jail, Jason.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know the
3: risks. All
0: right. So thoughts, T's and P's to G off. I'm sure he'll, uh, I'm sure he'll get a nice fat buyout and uh, land on his feet, you know, probably go to Nick Saban's school for wayward. Uh, Alabama probably wants a defensive coordinator. They always hate their defensive coordinator. So, you know, (laughs) why not? Light it up, Jeff. And then you can be Miami's head coach in three years, because that that might that might be realistic. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. Um let's bounce around here, and get to some games. We did not pick Thursday night, West Virginia at VPI. Inner Sandman was blazing, the crowd was jumping, and West Virginia put it on the hokies um in a big way. I don't know that I did I I maybe. I was actually at one point about to text you both to demand an apology because Virginia tech was looking pretty frisky and West Virginia was not. And then like every, after I thought about that, nothing went well for Virginia tech the rest of the game, they turned back into the team that looks like they struggle mightily on offense. And, um, they just really couldn't put it together. I think there was a special teams blunder in there as well to really put the, put the cherry on top, but uh tough game for the Hokies. Um, not going to be a not going to be a year to remember in Blacksburg or Charlottesville. Uh, you know, I'll be fair, but it, yep. it doesn't uh, doesn't appear to be going uh, super great right there. Um, yeah, but I fun mean, to see a game like this come
3: back. So I I watched. I don't know if you watched any of this, Jordan. Yep. Yeah. So I I I watched it and like yeah for about the first quarter and a half.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Um, Virginia Tech looked they looked solid. They were they were going punch plucky. for punch with them.
0: Yeah, and well, it, Wells it it was Wells was slinging it a little bit. He, yeah, was gotta, he, was, he was stepping into
3: some throws. The offense was, was looking confident, and the defense was holding West Virginia at bay, and everything looked fine. And then uh, probably right about the time, I guess it was like two minutes before halftime, um, and West Virginia, I think, uh, kicked a field goal to cut into the lead and then scored right before halftime. And I think that drive right before halftime, they just, like, moved straight down the field in, like, a minute. And yeah. the entire second half, it just looked like Virginia Tech was kind of standing out there and hanging out. And they only managed 228 yards of offense, which is real bad. And I'm really quickly checking to see if I can find how much of that was in the first half. Cause I'm guessing it was well, even it just it. like the first quarter. Yeah. Um, I can't find it right now, but it, I mean, it, it yeah. It, from for about the last 40 minutes of this game, it looked very lopsided and was on the scoreboard as well. Um yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think Virginia Tech has I don't think they have the dudes this year. I think they're they're hurting from a few years of um by their own in, admission pretty horrific recruiting. Oh,
0: and, brother, do I feel that? And yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. I know those tasting notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
3: um yeah, it's it's it looked it's bad. There was a pick six. It, it, there's a pick six late in this game. I, it wasn't like Virginia, like West Virginia was running up the points. The Virginia Tech defense is never going to be horrific. Um, that, that's a, it's a solid defense. And it was, you know, it was a two touchdown game uh, early in the fourth, I think. And then West Virginia got a pick six, and everybody kind of agreed to just call it an evening. Um, but yeah, that offense. There's not a lot there. So. Yep.
2: Yeah, no, I, I just want to say I was really impressed again with the uh, freshman running back West Virginia has Donaldson. Um, yeah, Dude is a load. Um, I, I was very confused as to why, like, I texted you guys this, but yeah. West Virginia had, I think it was their, maybe their first field goal drive um, or a drive that resulted in a field goal, but they, they got pinned back inside the five by a punt. Donaldson touched the ball three straight times, got him some breathing room, went to the bench, did not come back in. They struggled mightily in the red zone, had to settle for a field goal. Um, that was very confusing to me. Um, but he he got a lot more run later on, and I think they mentioned on the broadcast, like, he's still finding his sea legs in college and and getting conditioned and whatnot. But uh, he's fun to watch. He He makes people feel the contact and is really shifty for his size as well. So,
0: yeah, I, um, I don't think Neil Brown is out of the woods yet on, on some warmth in his seat, uh, but we'll, we'll see. It was a good step forward. That's a good win for West Virginia. Um, but I think that they, they have some progress yet to be made, uh, but an encouraging start against probably a pretty good defense like said, Jason. Yep. All right. We'll go to Friday night into the RCA wireless carrier slash uh, radio shack. Dome. <laughs> yeah. Dome um, in Syracuse, New York, UBA at Syracuse. One of the least enjoyable football games I've, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've watched. It was infuriating and it it is infuriating to watch Virginia on offense. And it's really like, I feel sad yeah. watching Brendan Armstrong play. Um, He looks lost. He looks like he doesn't know where to go with the football or like he's being told where to go with the football and making just really bad decisions, throwing balls late. Like he just – he doesn't look confident. It's the telltale late over the middle throws, um, if he ever throws it over the middle, and then a lot of like weird jump balls that go out of bounds on the sideline.
2: Yeah, just
0: like panicky
2: throw-to-the-go routes.
0: Yeah, and then – having some kind of dropsies going on with Wicks this year mm-hmm. too, which has been disappointing. Started, it, again um,
2: st- kind of reared its head for the first time in the Virginia tech game last year. Yeah. And since that, he has not like been sure handed.
0: Right. So be- anyhow, uh, just a, a, the, the Virginia defense played admirably in this game. Yeah. I think uh, Syracuse has a pretty good offense with the ball. Well uh has a good quarterback um, by all accounts and, and, and a scheme that, you know, kind of like Tennessee, like, right, they, they kind of get the ball, get it moving and want to jump on you. And I think Virginia did a really good job of keeping that at bay. Um, had, I guess we kind of have a chance going down the stretch there at the end, but oof, the, the Virginia offense was um that they, they're a mess in many of the same ways that Virginia Tech's offense is a mess, if not a worse and more disappointing way, because there's actually, I think, demonstrable talent on that side of the ball for Virginia yeah. and they just don't seem to be able to scheme it up in any way to, uh, to set any of that loose. There was a couple of decent drives Virginia had sort of in the middle of the game and then it seemed to kind of get away from it again. And um, I don't know, I just don't know what to do. I, I feel bad. Uh, like I said, I just feel sad watching sort of like a very unconfident Brendan Armstrong um, sort of stumble around and, and throw interceptions and bad passes. You got any more analysis you want to lump on there?
2: Yeah, no, I think it just felt weird from a, a game flow perspective, just from the offense. Like, at the end of the ODU game, they started throwing the ball around, distributing to the playmakers a little bit better. And we thought, like, I even said, oh, maybe we need to do some more of this. And, like, maybe that, that puts a spark into things. And it seemed like they tried to force throwing the ball in the first half of this game. And then they found in the second half, like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're running the ball with pretty good success. And like, that was how they moved the ball primarily in the second half. It's a little frustrating that it took an entire half to figure that out. Um, Especially concerning when your defense forces two turnovers in Syracuse territory (laughs) and you do not, much less points, you don't get a first down out of either of those turnovers. That's inexcusable. Uh, So I, like, again, I don't know, I don't want to question Armstrong's, like, engagement or his want to, but he does, like, he just does, he does kind of seem, like, checked out at times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is, like, again, lack of, lack of comfortability, how much, like, senioritis. Like, we had senioritis academically in, in our various um, stops at right. schools. Sure. Like, how much of that weighs on an athlete? I don't know. If he's got to learn an entirely new system that's objectively less fun for him, um, like, how how much engagement is there? So, yeah. yeah. I've been really disappointed with how he has played um, – I don't know what fair share of the blame is him versus the system versus the play calling. Um, but I certainly expected more of him. And I think that's warranted. Um, but yeah, Tony because, doesn't call it plays, does he? No, that is uh, one Des kitchens who like that hire was interesting when it happened because he, he He was like a Falcons
0: staffer, right? Like he was a receivers coach or running back coach or something. Yeah,
2: like offensive position coach with the Falcons. I think he had only called plays once or twice before in his career. I think it was at NC State. They did not have a good offensive season that year, Um, so you know he's an easy target. Put it that way.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I, was asking, I was just asking i was just asking more yeah more for my for my own edification on how that how that goes because you, yeah. you know you don't want to connect the dots to like well you know Clemson's offense kind of sucked a lot last year and we have the guy who was in charge of it and that is what appeared to be doing installing a similarly like a uh, tough to execute offense. <laughs> Not yeah. I don't even now, know if it's tough to execute. I, I, I it just know, means ineffect- like, ineffective offense. Right.
2: Yeah. I don't and I don't know what the hierarchy is of like, yeah. does Tony Elliott say, here is the offense we are running. You get to choose from these ingredients. Or is he just letting Kitchens do his thing? I don't know what sure. what kind of mix there is of that. So well it,
0: it, it hasn't been well installed. I don't, you know, hopefully kind of uh you got a full year to get better um and an offseason and, and all yeah, of that yeah i mean it, virginia it's just disappointing to see the 10 points
2: at, at least the way the defense played they this should yeah. have been a double digit win if they had a competent
0: offense for four quarters so right that's tough jason do you catch any of this before we get too homerific on it
3: i saw i saw bits and pieces enough to yeah i think you guys are referring to it. I saw some of Brendan Armstrong last year and, and it was very confident. And he's whipping it all over the place and great. And he's you, running you, a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, do you think it's a scheme? Like, do you think it's just the offensive line getting plowed over more often than not? Do you think it's, I mean, that doesn't help. Yeah. yeah I mean, I it think did that seem certainly.
2: like to the passes, but I also think just like the route yeah. stuff they're putting together and the, cause Elliot has said, which is again kind of weird press conference stuff but Elliot has said multiple press conferences like well he just had a lot more freedom last year and and w- basically saying like we are putting the <laughs> we are putting him in a box is right. is how i interpret that which Oof. doesn't yeah, make which is, a lot of sense to me yeah um, but hmm. again it's that like are we trying to establish an identity or are we trying to win games and one seems to be coming at the expense of the other
0: again I feel that on a spiritual yeah. level all, again all and like play calling wise real weird
2: week. first drive they moved the ball down the field 10 plays a couple of designed runs for Brennan Armstrong didn't really return to that at all until like yeah. maybe in the fourth quarter it's just peculiar stuff
0: I mean, should say Syracuse moved the ball pretty well too. The, I felt like we got the full Robert and I experience last night from Syracuse, mm-hmm. or last night on Friday night from Syracuse. They moved the ball really well. And then they got down to the red zone and there was turnovers and it was weird decisions. And it was like strange play calls and field goals and, and, you know, basically kept Virginia around in that weird game. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that. So it was kind of, you know, it was weird in a way to see, you know, maybe the, 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 I don't want to say bad, but the downside of the Robert and I thing because I feel like, it was starting to get the vibes were starting to get a little weird as a Virginia fan with all the like pro Robert and I uh, conversations that were happening because of how, I guess, good Syracuse has been playing this year um, with the new play caller and everything else. Um, My dad texted me during the game was curious if uh, Syracuse's coach ever, like if, if he even needs to be wearing the headset, does he say anything to anybody during the game? Does he do any coaching? It would not appear Dino does any talking during the game, big time, hands on hips, Stoic guy on the sideline. Very, who very was, interesting uh, to watch. Who is the guy who
2: just didn't even wear a headset at Michigan? Yes, Brady Hoke. yeah, great Brady
0: Hoke. Yes, yes. he was back at uh, back at San Diego State. Oh,
2: go Aztecs.
0: <laughs> Something like that. Uh. Anyhow, all right. Well, we don't need to bore the audience with too much more UVA talk, but disappointing again. Gonna. I feel like this is just gonna be a long year, and the Virginia Virginia Tech game is going to set football back. Like. <laughs> Multiple years, um, JMU far and away the best team in the state. Congrats, Jason. Love to see it for the Dukes. <laughs> go, go Dukes. Let's take it to Harrisonburg, Jason. You're reporting live uh, from the scene of the crime. Um, just kidding, not the scene of the crime. The scene to where the crime uh. committers returned. But uh, go Dukes. Am I right? Go Dukes. Go take, Dukes. Us, take us to Boone. How'd it go? Uh,
3: I, I I'll give you a minute I, and a half
0: this time. More than more than the normal forty-five
3: seconds. Wow, so generous. Um, Double time. I, uh, I've gotten this question a lot. I was not in Boone, uh, for the event. Um, I considered it, but, um, had not, had not dented my couch for a college football Saturday yet this season through one reason or another. Right. Um, so I, I stayed at home. It was delightful. Watched it from the comfort of my own couch, got to, uh, help coordinate some, of a lot of the post game work, um, which was good, but yeah, the Dukes, uh, the Dukes went down to Boone and, um, had themselves a roller coaster of a football game. Um, I don't know. I assume you guys were mostly focused on Florida-Tennessee at this point.
0: I um, was, but I was checking in. I was checking in on this to keep up. Yeah. I mean, and and I'll admit, I did check out when it was like twenty-one-three, twenty-eight-three. Like that.
2: Uh, no, that was... it's
3: uh, it it got it it got bad in the second quarter. Um, yeah. So
2: Logan, I I think you and I should take a little credit for for doubting the yeah. dukes via our screens i switched yes. to a different game as well um fine of that <laughs> um, so every we every little bit to the chip on the shoulder
3: yeah every little bit helps i uh, i made yeah. i did i did get on the headset with with kurt signetti and let him know that you guys had shifted uh, your attention so
2: and also maybe consider an undershirt under that jacket kurt
3: i cannot i cannot comment on fashion choices having not enough information i don't even think it's fashion <laughs> Uh, sanitary attire, choices, a tired, a I don't know. Let's move on quickly. Right. Um, but so the Dukes come out and they drove drove right down the field, um, stalled out a little bit in the uh, in the red area, and um, oh. <laughs> I love it, goal what... open it up, but but that was encouraging. Um, and then uh, but for most of the first call it 25 minutes of the game, uh. We didn't really have an answer for App State on offense, um, like a, a the, for the App State offense. Um, I just completely forgot the App State's quarterback's name. That's wildly just Chase, Chase Price. Chase Price. Thank you. Yep. Um, Chase Price started something like eight for eight or nine for nine. Um, finished the Not half. Not quite a Grayson
2: to, Lambert at Georgia performance, but certainly. he was getting there.
3: Um, but it was just kind of kind of moving the ball at will. App State, I think, scored right before. For the quarter or surely early in the late in the first quarter maybe um, and then scored 21 more points they scored 28 unanswered from the first quarter to the second quarter I uh, made a 28-3 and there were a lot of JMU folks there were kind of at that point like let's let's just put up a fight let's you know App State's a very good they're the class of the Sun Belt over the last seven eight years um, you know no shame but like we'd love to not get
0: Billy Napier would like a word, but that's okay.
3: Well, the, like Billy Napier wasn't there long enough and App State was still better than him. Um, no, so. I don't
0: think that's true at all. I think Louisiana won the Sun Belt the last two years. I mean, um, this is a ridiculous conversation, but it is. I, was, I was mostly just giving you yeah. shit, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> App State
3: has won the most, has the best Sun Belt winning percentage in the last like six, seven years. Um, oh, sure. So anyways, most people were just kind of, uh, thanks for throwing that out there though. I appreciate that. Back to JMU. Um,
0: Pro pro app state guy over
3: here, Jesus. <laughs> I thought we were rivals, bro. <laughs> I watched the game. I know what we're the building app State said.
2: up, so the JMU win is that much more impressive. Right, right. Good point. This is basic point.
3: communications work, Logan. Yeah. Um,
2: Goliath so. was actually twelve feet tall, and that's yeah. that's what makes slaying him that much more impressive. You
3: get it. You get it. Um So JMU finally gets a gets a touchdown drive. We we kind of helped him out. We. I think we turned the ball over like inside our own thirty-five twice in the second quarter. Um, we just kinda kinda messed around a little bit. What do you
0: do to good. fall behind 28-3? I mean, certainly that's like I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, impressive given how this
3: game turned. You yeah, know, it, it was, it was like, we just we shot ourselves in the foot over and, and against a team you can't do that against. We shot ourselves in the foot over and over and things were very bad. But then kind of strung together a drive late in the second quarter, um, scored the first touchdown on. A wheel route to the running back. It was delightful. Ah, beautiful. Um, the namesake, and uh, then we actually, from basically there on out, we started like bringing a lot of pressure on defense. Like we, I don't know that we blitzed for more than two or three times the rest of the game, um, and forced the fumble, and then tried to kick a field goal before half and missed that, which thanks. Um, but then, upstate didn't score in the second half um and Jamie ran off 29 unanswered including a crazy sequence in the fourth quarter where we drove all the way down the field and scored and then i think picked off the first pass on the next drive and it was scored a great two too it was like, a, it was a hell of an interception that guy <laughs> had like a quarter second to react to it um and yeah it just it looked like it was it was stark how different it looked I would say even more so than the, this is a a reference for like four people, but the app state game back in 2008, where we fell behind 21, nothing at halftime came all the way back. back. Um, but this was even more of a, like, I don't, I don't know where that performance in the second half came from. That was a completely different team. Um, they, they pressured the crap out of chase Bryce. We held, I think we held app state. We held them way under their, um, their normal rushing output, but, uh JMU through three games has yet to allow a hundred yards rushing. Not like in a game. Like we have not been rushed for more than a hundred yards yet total this season. Oh wow. Um, which is impressive. App State came in. And that was like that was what we all heard about was like I said for weeks, like Chase Price is really, really good. He's one of the top couple quarterbacks in the Sun Belt. But like but all they all make their they make their hay running the ball, yeah. I don't know if you can stop App State's rushing attack. And they I just they ran for 63 yards. Right. Um, one point nine a rush. And so it was it was fun to watch in that second half. It just looked like a completely different team. JMU outscored them twenty-two to nothing in the second half. One thirty-two to twenty-eight. And now three and 0, one and zero in the sun belt. It That's awesome.
0: So just and I uh, again I'm not trying to make make a joke here. JMU is not put they can't go to a bowl game or That's, they can't go they cannot play in they can't play in the obviously they can't play the Sun Belt Championship if they so were to qualify
3: it's both okay. because we are because we are transitioning to the FBS level JMU cannot compete for the Sun Belt Championship and they cannot play in a bowl is that just this year to be determined oh, okay gotcha. JMU is JMU is this is we're getting we're going to get into the weeds real fast. There, it's usually a three year transition period. Your first year, your first year is um, your FCS and you can't play in the postseason. Your second year is your FBS and you can't play in the postseason. Then your third year, your full FBS. We are attempting. We JMU has has basically asked this incidentally for a waiver yeah. to make that two years. So because because of COVID, we already had the extra scholarships. We're not worried about that. We're way above their attendance figures we're financially all set all that good stuff yeah um the Sun Belt basically included us in the conference this year um like we're in the standings we're a Sun Belt game for everybody else so the ncaa we're waiting for the ncaa to give us the go no go to turn that into just two years so the ideal scenario for jmu is that next year we are full go no restrictions
0: oh, okay yeah no i mean i i that's Curious as to why those rules exist. Like who they benefit. I mean, it's the same I, thing. We had the opposite conversation when you guys were leaving CAA too, right? Like it was like, well, who does this? Almost. Who does this benefit? You know, like, well, I'm just saying the punitive nature of some of these things are right. like basically so you the, get punished for participating. Which
3: the CAA rules. The CAA rules were always punitive um, and incorrectly enforced. The rules made for a school. is a long know. story. They were enforced wrongly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. um, in addition to being punitive, the NCAA rules, I believe, were set into place basically to protect transitioning schools originally to give them time to like, you got to build up the scholarships and get your money where you are and, and et cetera, et cetera. So you don't
2: get too far out over your skis. Right. So
3: you're not, so you aren't, you know, you didn't go from like being a quarterfinal team in the, in the FCS and, you know, second place in the CAA to like, Hey, now you're playing a full, you know, big East schedule back in the day. And so I think that was the design of it. Um, But I think, I I think common sense would tell you that the JMU situation is different from every situation that's ever happened, if for no other reason than COVID, because we kept all the, you know, if if players came back for the extra year, Mm -hmm. this, this was everywhere, everywhere players came back for the extra year that they lost to COVID, their scholarships did not count against the scholarship limit. Okay, so then, basically,
0: Jamie, you rode that wave, and you basically even last year
3: forward. had like seventy-eight players on scholarship or something like that. Oh, okay, and so we it was eighty-five, I think, for eighty-five FBS, is a total yeah. from sixty-three. So, gotcha. um, we're we're hoping that the NCAA sees that as as reasonable. I think we're showing that. There is really no sense in us waiting like we yeah. are ready to compete in the sun belt well
0: yeah you know we, we'll see if the ncaa decides to uh, review the case before they need to make a decision on it but you know Choose one defense. of these but one of these days jmu did uh, but,
3: receive uh 11 votes in the coaches poll and four awesome. votes in the ap poll today which is nifty um rank them and i got three texts between yesterday's game and today of hey is jmu i know they're not allowed in bowls are they allowed in the playoffs? And that seems bold, (laughs) Um, but I love that. Bring it on! I do not know the answer to that. My gut tells me that the semifinals, because of the bowl cronyism, the semifinals are still considered bowls, which would disqualify us from that. But
2: outlaw um, country
0: become ungovernable. Just show up.
3: We we should just roll in,
0: ready to roll. We beat Louisville and App State. What else do
3: we have to prove? Uh, But so. I, I would say that even most everybody's most optimistic viewpoint of the season, we are well ahead of where everybody thought we would be. No, I'd agree with that. It's an awesome story. Um, um I mean I Apple's think an awesome story. So it'll it'll be real interesting the rest of the season because the the thing has always been Jamie's never had any problem getting up for one game. Um JMU's never had any problem getting up to play to go body up ECU, to go beat SMU, to play, play tech, to play whomever. But the Sun Belt East is a grind and we're gonna find out if we have the depth and the stamina to do that every week. Do you guys play uh, Troy? I don't think we have Troy this year. I think are we our home and away in the West is Texas State is here next week. Um and then a Homecoming of sorts. And then Arkansas State is yeah, we well, going there sucks. the week.
0: James, you guys should be in decent shape for some of those games, but, for I would hope games, so. but then we would then we already? go
3: like can we go like at Georgia Southern, home Marshall, uh, at Georgia State, home Coastal, or something like that. So, they play Louisville too. And we have at Louisville in there in that five game stretch. Yeah, sweet.
0: All um, right, well that'll be fun. We'll we'll see how it goes. But awesome story, Go Dukes. Go Dukes. Uh, proud, proud to see Rocktown on the map That's doing right. big things.
3: Yep.
0: All right, we talked. Uh, we talked to Georgia Tech situation. They were at UCF. They lost. Jeff Collins also lost. <laughs> so we don't have to say much more about that. One of the weirder results of the weekend, Middle Tennessee made the trip to Hard Rocks, to the Hard Hard Rock Stadium. Collected a fat check. Collected $1.5 million plus $40,000 travel expenses to absolutely lay waste to Miami. It was a ransacking, a rating, if you will, a blue rating, if you will, of Hard Rock Stadium. They. They were up and. that a- I don't know what to tell you. They they, they, they threw – I think they had touchdown plays of, like, 69, uh, 89, nice. 71, and uh, 98 yards um, in this Jason, game. So tell
2: me how the Dukes dealt with this speedy receiver.
0: This dude appeared
2: to just be – I saw this guy <laughs> on highlights and cannot, for the life of me, understand how anybody stays <laughs> – he's in touch he's very
3: fast i think he got open once or twice and somehow got overthrown um wow but i the duke the dukes did not i'm strength boys the voice. dukes did not beat the middle or i mean uh yeah, middle tennessee state by like clamping down for like five seconds they beat middle tennessee state they made that quarterback's life miserable like he
1: yeah
3: yeah I, he didn't finish more than like 12 dropbacks on the day before he was running for his life so that helped um, mm-hmm. but Miami, also, also, JMU didn't,
0: JMU didn't outlast this team, they beat no. the holy hill out of middle Tennessee. State yeah. State. We well, beat so, middle
3: Tennessee State 44
0: to six. So, Miami, I mean, listless performance, not totally unexpected. Uh, but you would think maybe would get it together a little bit. Tyler Van Dyke throws two picks, one of them bad pick six, um, gets pulled from the game. Uh, enter one Jake Garcia to uh, To the applause of about twelve hundred people in attendance there at Hard Rock Stadium, um, <laughs> I don't like the attendance banter because I think it is very stupid. But it's, the this photography, the photography from Hard Rock Stadium is is tough. It's tough scene there yeah. sometimes. So it, that's an awesome stadium too. Side note, I love that stadium. Yeah. Great place to watch a football game. Um, been to a handful of games there. It's nice, um, but oof, oof, bad. Uh, Mario looked pretty defeated after the game in the press conference. You know, we got a lot of coach speak, Um, you know, we're going to find out who the men and the boys are, you know, kind of talk. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's a bad loss. Everybody will point out that Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe in his first year. And, (laughs) you know, other people lose to bad teams sometimes too. Um, If you want to do that, you can do that. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, my team did not catch an L to USF last week. So, you know, these things happen. But this was just – this was interesting in how much of a, like, dunk fest it was. I mean, for Middle Tennessee. I mean, they they threw it all over It was over not him. a, like, oops, sorry, that dude, move on. That yeah, we messed around. A
3: 98-yard touchdown and a 71-yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and, and to go along with – I mean, I think that guy
0: had four catches for, like, I don't know, Hundred and no, he had two catches for 160 something yeah. yards. That was his okay, only, those two, catches, only right? two catches. Yeah, yeah. Also, the other, had, the other guy had him. The
3: the second receiver had a pedestrian four catches for 130. <laughs> yeah, I want to give that young, to 89 that speedy
2: yarder. young man props for bringing back the D. Anthony Thomas, like
0: uh, the sprinter finish. crossing
2: the uh, the tape finish across the goal line.
0: Yeah, we need more Swaggy for sure, guys, guys. The Middle Tennessee State coach uh, Rick Stocks. That skill is his he name. Talk that noise. He was a former Florida State quarterback, so maybe he has some on board anti Miami um, hatred. But my man was deep, deep talking that talk with the with the Middle Tennessee Zoom background behind him, just like super,
3: super <laughs> close to the laptop. I it.
0: <laughs> just we didn't just beat him; we whooped him. We were the best team on the field we the by far. Team
3: all night. That one we no Yeah,
0: it was awesome. So I uh, love that. Um, we had, an, in the next game we'll talk about, we had another coach just, I believe Spencer Hall said, cut a promo in the, uh, in the locker room afterward. But um, yeah, weird, weird result for Miami. I, they're a team to keep an eye on. For, like, they're on implosion watch, uh, I would say. This is, I don't know that this, like, really affects their long-term trajectory. I think they're going to continue to stock the cabinets with talent there. Um, I do think this is indicative of the things that we kind of have some questions about with Mario Cristobal game management and general preparation for the football part of the job wise, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it eventually like the games have to get played and it would seem like, you know, he maybe is due to look himself in the mirror a little bit and, um, decide if he, if he maybe needs to, if he, if the team really needs to be made in the image, he wants it to be made in. Cause it would appear that, um, they're either not preparing correctly or their approach is not leading them, uh, down the path that rocks.
3: They, uh, they they play host to they get the week off this week and then they host North Carolina, a team well, that does like to sling it around a
0: bit. North Carolina's defense is the cure for the common running game. Though, That's so. a fair yeah, you point. Gotta, you, gotta you gotta give up some points. That a you gotta remember point. that. It could be it could be point C. When mm-hmm. do they
3: play Florida State the week after that? One moment. Uh, no, they go home. They're off this week. Home UNC at Tech, home Duke at Virginia, home Florida State. Oh, okay. I thought that was way sooner. Um, That'll be interesting.
0: Florida State picking up a little momentum here. Um, Their fans are very excited about their 4 0 start. (laughs) Uh, And absolutely, it's been a rough couple. Let them have it. Let them shellacking of Boston College. You know, you gotta. You know, anytime you can beat down the Eagles, you really got to beat your chest about it. So, um, all right, let's go quickly to Lubbock, Texas. Is was that Texas Tech? I believe we flagged this one as like. Could get mm-hmm. weird, and um, it did. I mean, it, it would just appear Texas Tech was better. I mean, I, I didn't. I watched like sort of the recap of this game and watched the very end of it as it was kind of going down. Um, yeah, I mean, the game goes to overtime. No nope. pressure. Kick by uh, by Texas there at the end to push it to overtime. You kind of think, yeah, we, we know how this maybe goes. And uh, I believe on the first play of overtime, Texas fumbled and. Texas Tech picked it up and, you know, just kicked a field goal. And it was a little bit of a little, – a little anticlimactic at the very end. But uh, scenes, absolute scenes in Texas in, – in Lubbock. Um, Texas is continuing to dress Quinn Ewers and not play him. He did that last week as well. It seems weird that you would force this poor guy with a broken collarbone to, like, put football clothes on and stand there the whole time and, like, with no – with no interest in playing, I don't I can't know what be kind of
2: comfortable either to like get into thank pads you, yeah. with a broken. Card, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like
0: I don't uh. really know. Um, I, again, this Texas is probably a fine team, and Texas Tech is probably also a fine team, and uh, this maybe isn't that surprising of a result for a road game uh, amongst two fine teams. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. Shout out to Texas Texas coach for just really really going off in the locker room afterwards though.
2: Yeah, and shout out to them for like making that film publicly available too. Yeah. Like that happens in locker rooms, but it like doesn't always make it out. Mm-hmm. Kudos, kudos to whoever handled that release of information.
0: He he was doing a lot of the like, I told you they would break and, 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 yeah. and, they and they did and they broke. And they did. <laughs> the the big 12 runs through Lubbock. I mean, that uh <laughs> it's it was too good. It was it was everything you want out of uh just like absolute hype man type coach, um, but yeah, I mean Texas Tech plucky. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Hudson Card, maybe not. Uh, maybe maybe not the ultimate answer Texas. I think Texas is a little dinged up too, um, but this this will happen. Disappointing. Uh, okay, another interesting result. This has been a, a fun year so far. I just like to throw this out there. I don't know that I'm very convinced that there's any like really good teams other than maybe like two and a half at the very top. Um but Kansas State at Oklahoma. Who wait, wait, who's your who's your half? Um I, I think I have Georgia. I think I've got Ohio State and Alabama's my half.
2: Okay. All right. I I'm I'm think, I think I I Michigan's pretty which of those. I also I, I, Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I had those three in mind, but I was curious who you would pick as the
0: half. Yeah, I don't want, I mean, a a so-so game is going to happen. Georgia gave up, you know, 23 points to Kent State this weekend, and everybody thought that, you know, the world was going to come crashing down on the Bulldogs. But um, anyhow, we'll go to Norman. I think this game was in Norman. Uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma. Um, Kansas State picked up just a nonsensical loss to Tulane last weekend. I don't know if I don't know if you guys were aware of that. It a look happened. ahead trap.
2: <laughs> look ahead trap. Obviously,
0: and then caught Oklahoma again. I I, I saw uh, the coach at Kansas State is what's his name? Chris Climan. Kleiman? is, that, is, that, Clayman? Clayman? is Yes. State. <clears throat> yes. Uh is like. Three and one or four and one against Oklahoma. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> Oklahoma. enough. Um, you know, has a tough time with Tulane, but uh evidently has Oklahoma's number. Don't, in the way ever. Don't worry. Um, the offensive coordinator, do you guys know who the offensive coordinator for Kansas State is?
2: It's not the go go offensive coordinator. It is not, no, He's at Texas. <laughs> right. Uh, and obviously Is lost. it is it is it like a player we know? Yes.
0: Yes, it would be a not- a notable alum, a notable Kansas State alum oh shoot it's, it's colin klein uh former okay. oh, bulldozer wow. former bulldozer quarterback yeah. like all-purpose fullback ramrod guy um
2: yeah but, that's a deep cut for like one and a half people that listen to
0: this <laughs> well anyhow i mean it, it was either going to be him or like Antoine Randall L or something weird. No, I'm just
3: the only it. I can only think of Darren Sproles, and then I had to. I think Jordy Nelson. And, I think Jordy Nelson went to Kansas State. I had to stop and think if Darren Sproles was still somehow in the NFL. Well,
2: I might get picked up on a ten day or something. Here
0: it's hard to tell. Kansas State's got a Darren Sproles look like on their team. Yes, uh, Deuce Vaughn. Yep, the kid's a baller. Um, they're they're fun. They're doing a lot of crafty run game things. Mm-hmm. Um, with the running back. Uh, Big big jump cut guy. Loves and the with jump the quarterback.
2: cut. They got no Adrian that's what I'm Martinez saying. And, and
0: with the quarterback 37-year-old <laughs> a,
2: <laughs> a little Baker Mayfieldy just running around yeah, making he does. stuff happen.
0: <laughs> the kind of scooty run, but uh, pretty fast. I mean this I don't really think there was a whole lot of punting in this game, period. Um it appears Oklahoma moved the ball pretty well. Their defense you know, I think we sang some of the praises of Venables coming over their defense appears to maybe still lack some, some Jimmy's and Joe's uh, type situation, especially when dealing with like ultra mobile quarterback, Wiley vet, um, you know, guy who's been playing college football since the late nineties, Adrian Martinez. So, I mean,
2: and you know what? It was really good to see Adrian Martinez taste some, some sweet high level success after everything he had to go through. and
0: Toiling in Nebraska for years, after watching his brother or cousin or whatever toil at Nebraska for other years, which I think is the reason why it seems like he's played for so long. But regardless, um, yeah, I mean, this was a fun game. I watched the closing bit of this game, too, in the fourth quarter. Um, Most of the game, it would appear hinged on Oklahoma's making a bit of a late comeback, and there was like a third and 15 or third and 16 um, late deep in the fourth quarter, and They, I don't know if it's broken play, but Martinez took off as like a 53 yard touchdown run towards the end of the game or something like that and and kind of busted it, busted it wide open, if you will. Um, I believe Oklahoma did score another touchdown to try to get back to it and onside kick was not successful, but uh, yeah, fun, fun game, Kansas State plucky as per usual, not really sure what to make of the big 12, Um, but uh, I mean, I I would say I I would think Oklahoma is probably still the best team, but who knows? Anybody can, anybody can catch an L, it would appear, in that conference. Anyone
2: can get it.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I think is
2: it? a good place for the Big 12 to be, rather than just continually oh, send Oklahoma to be sacrificed in the college football playoff.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. Do, you, do we have any other thoughts on this, or should we move on? No, we can move on. Okay, I just wanted to call your guys to the attention attention to the end of the Auburn-Missouri game. I, I got to the brewery yesterday, and Auburn was winning 14 and I think it was like, Oh, Auburn. Wow. This is crazy. And then evidently nothing happened for the, the like entirety of the rest of the game. Missouri somehow stumbled into two touchdowns um, missed, I believe a game winning field goal before overtime. And then um, I think Auburn kicked a field goal in overtime and Missouri had the ball running into the end zone. We got uh, the worst rule in sports <laughs> sort of reared its head. There was a fumble. Direct the ball just goes into the end zone and out of bounds, um, and basically ends the game there for uh, for Missouri. It happened in in one order or the other. Regardless, didn't really appear that a whole lot caused that fumble. I um, mean, it was just just colossally painful to watch happen. Uh, yeah.
2: So it looked like it was a result of a celebratory extending of the arms <laughs> by by the young man, like getting into the "Are you not entertained?" Pose as he Fair. was crossing the goal line, and the ball just popped out. So,
1: mm.
2: so Logan, I, I, I know <laughs> you're big anti this rule, but I would argue that there needs to be some punitive damages for situations such as this, especially right. Justice would indicate that if if you cash your chips before you actually have them in your hand, then uh, maybe maybe you don't deserve the ball. It's yeah, but the other,
3: made but the other me, team didn't get the ball. That's, that's, that's my thing. always to me to just start the offense back at the 20. That's not a bad – that's not a bad – I would be like okay if with you, that. If you are going into the end zone and you fumble it and it goes out the back of the end zone, you get – and honestly, you could even punish it as much as, like, it's first and goal from the 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, if you oh. fumble it out the back of the end zone, you have – Now four, we're thinking with our dipsticks. You engine. have four downs <laughs> to get to the end zone from the 20. I like, like that. an overtime period.
0: I like some version of that. I, I, I yeah, I, you're right, Jordan. It does seem like a little ridiculous that like this guy would have, but maybe we're only thinking about it through the prism of, Oh, the old rule was that you would have lost the ball. The game would have been over. The other team would have got the ball. Like, I mean, all these things. Be thankful um, for this one chance from the 25-yard line. <laughs> yeah. It's, or we should just make it, like, you have to take the guy to the 50, and then now the th- defense gets to choose one player, and then they get to go, like, Royal Rumble style from the 50. <laughs> <laughs> like
3: the ref so you, just – listen, so you know slam ball. Okay, so we're going to do the –
2: You could uh, you could put the ball in the 10. And you could say, "All right, you get to pick your best receiver. We piss, pick our best DB, and we're running a goal line fade. And you know wow. it's coming. Best man wins." I
0: mean, that, again, these are all options that are more fun than the current option and probably more fair. So, yeah, the goal line fade out of a jugs machine. They bring a jugs machine out to the <laughs> middle. of <laughs> just, well, have you seen the new one. ones that are like? They look like a revolver
2: clip. Yes, you, you yeah. can and like you can dial up the the route and stuff. It's very yeah. uh, highfalutin technology,
0: right? No, those are Well, let's cool.
2: take these ideas to the to the rules committee meeting whenever that the NCAA
0: is. will weigh in on our ideas uh, in yeah. due time. I'm the sure NCAA once they cure, once they get cure, to Jamie's please. postseason eligibility in 2023,
3: yeah. <laughs> don't jump us in the
0: queue. Uh, all right, Jordan, we made some picks. How did we do?
2: Well, I am happy to announce. Yeah. That Logan, we're, for the second string, <laughs> you have won multiple picks. So, congratulations <laughs> to you. Thank you. Uh, Logan, you and I both went two, two, and one. Jason went three, one, and one. And that one on the end is because we had our first push of the season. Uh, this is the 18th push that our podcasting family has experienced since the birth <laughs> of this endeavor. Um, wow,
0: that's that's thanks for researching that. That makes that's exciting.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Ha- happy to happy to serve. Um, but yeah, we can we can just go ahead and start in the noon slot. We had Clemson at Wake Forest. This game. Went into multiple overtimes. And I guess Clemson had had to go for two. Yes. They scored a
0: touchdown. And then uh, you have to go for two in the second overtime, I think. Yeah. Okay.
3: And then the third one, I think starting with the third one, it's just straight two-point conversions, right? Yeah. It's just a two-point shootout. Yeah.
0: Right. And Which then after the 15 idea. Jugs machine goal line fade. It's, it's the Juggs Machine goal line fade out. <laughs> machine gun fade <laughs> contest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was still slugging around Lakeview for these 12 o'clock games, so I, but I did see some highlights. looked like DJU was spinning the rock a lot better than maybe we have seen him do. Yeah. He was putting putting the ball up. Uh, receivers were making athletic plays, and they made a couple more than Handsome Sam and the boys. It's really all there is to it.
0: Yeah, I think both teams were dealing with massive – um secondary injury issues, which I would as only assume contributed to both of these quarterbacks having great days. I think Handsome Sam had six touchdowns. Um DJU had five, I believe. Uh played played well. Um, I don't know how much you take from like hooping on Wake Forest's backup secondary. Um, sure, probably is the same as you take from hooping on Clemson's backup secondary young guys, but uh r- regardless, I-, I still think that. I still continue to be pretty impressed with Wake Forest, like putting themselves well against teams that I can only assume have like dramatic athletic advantage over them. Maybe they don't. Um, but it, it would appear that their scheme does a good job, at least offensively of giving them a chance to score. Um, Cause I think regardless of injury, we think pretty highly of Clemson's defense and um, from a scheme and, and skill standpoint. So to score that many points, pretty impressive, but uh, yeah, Clemson holds on. It's, it's like, I, I didn't watch a ton of this, but uh,
2: Dabo was just, very happy in the post game. I did yeah. see that. Yes. Just yeah, giving he, Molly he, McGrath a lot of positive vibes and it's great to beat a good team on the road. Oh man, hands, <laughs> both hands on his hips in a real confidence yeah. stance. Yeah.
0: People who were downplaying DJU, this guy is special. We got a lot of oh, that. Man. Kind of talk.
2: What a football game. Yeah. So yeah, congrats. So for great for them. Also in the 12 o'clock slot, we had Duke at Kansas. A real ballyhoo of a matchup here. Um, again, didn't get to catch really any of this. Kansas did cover the seven and a half. The over missed by two points. I'm sad, to, sad to report. So. Sad to report that. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Great for Kansas, man. Four 0 Probably yeah. should be ranked or maybe are going to be ranked uh, when the rankings drop. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think Duke's actually that bad either. They appear to be improved, which is interesting in year one uh, under defensive minded head coach, but uh, shout out to them for, you know, acquitting themselves pretty well as well uh, in this game. But yeah, Kansas, Kansas looks like they can score some points, um, which means they are a great fit for the big 12. So I'm happy for them. Especially this year's there. big 12. This year's big 12, scoring some some points and, and running around out there. Um, good for Good for Kansas. Way over by October in Kansas. Yeah. All right, three thirty.
2: Uh, we had Florida at Tennessee. That happened.
0: It did. It did happen. Jason, uh,
2: you and I want to talk about anything before we set Logan loose. Hey, go ahead.
3: Um. Obviously, I did not see much of this game. I think I you were just a little saw, busy at three thirty. I was a little busy at three thirty. Uh, I saw. During my decompression stage, I think I saw like the last (laughs) the last like two minutes of this enough to be very invested in the in the spread briefly. Um, (laughs)
0: Yes, I think we all we all were.
3: But uh, I did see the one of the most glorious onside kick recoveries I've ever seen. Yeah, Um, that was delightful, but I did not see enough of this to, to weigh in from a a strategic or observational standpoint.
2: Yep. Well, Jason. It is interesting you mentioned that because that's another rules change I would like to submit to the committee. Oh, that you can't Um, advance an
3: outside (laughs) game.
2: Yeah. I think it's ridiculous that the the kicking team cannot advance a recovery because the
0: receiving team... It's a live ball, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's a live ball, it should be a live ball.
2: If one team can score on a play, the other team should... Like, an interception doesn't stop at the point. Like, it's not a dead ball upon... Change of possession. This
0: would incentivize right. more teams to kick onside kicks too, because <laughs> which would make you like you could view it as like a sweet offensive play. <laughs> like, yeah, you had to just like chip in the, the first line and having like Lavelle Davis run down there and like try to yeah. like grab now, the ball. Is this better
2: for player safety or worse? Probably worse. But listen, I, I think we're I, all what already going down saying? the rabbit
0: hole. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I do not care.
2: Now, with that being said. <laughs> So yeah, Florida did uh, sneak a backdoor cover in. And for that, the we were consensus is pleased. Great team's cover. Um,
0: we've, we've always said this.
2: Yeah, no, I was like, I was impressed with Anthony Richardson throwing the ball. He he made some great throws on the run in, in big situations. I loved that Napier went aggressively for a lot of fourth downs. Um, it was just like, a fun game to watch from that perspective. I think Richardson finished with over 450 passing yards. Uh, We saw a great run after the catch by Mr. What is it? Zipperer.
0: Zipperer. Yeah. Keon Zipperer. Polk County. Stand up. Lakeland. Yeah, boy. Well, he sat some guys down. Yo, um, number one, eight. Number one had a rough day on film. Like his team got the win, but he's coach 30 may be coming for number one uh, on on the gram. (laughs) (laughs)
2: so yeah that's that's all i got it looked like uh tennessee was able to effectively operate their offense without a terrible amount of resistance
0: yeah no that's that's very well said jordan (laughs) very well said um i think florida's defense is very much um missing some pieces and uh, this tennessee team in this iteration with this offense and this quarterback is not the team to bust coverages against um most teams aren't but it would appear tennessee is especially adept at finding the open guy hooker has to be on some sort of heisman list at this point from just from a productivity standpoint they're 4-0 um for the first time since i believe the last time they beat florida uh six years ago so shout out to tennessee um I was really impressed. I mean, the better team won this football game for sure. Yeah, Um, that was kind of like the takeaway I had and and Florida's um, defense. I don't think Tennessee punted or if they did, they only punted once. Um, I don't think Tennessee punted in this game. So not great. Florida forced a couple turnovers, uh, didn't score probably enough points off of them. Um, Florida turned the ball over themselves. One pretty devastating turnover in the second half. Richardson sort of stepping up in the pocket and kind of just like got caught up in traffic and fumbled the ball and it squirted out. and, And Tennessee jumped on it and scored pretty soon after that on another uh busted coverage. Um, I'm prepared to name names on Florida's defense for some for some gentlemen that I don't think need to see the field anymore. Um, number zero, Trey Dean, thank you for your service. Six years can't believe that you are still this bad at uh, playing safety six years into your tenure um, in college football. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, maybe start running the forties, hit the bench press, get ready for the combine. Um, maybe you'll get invited as a, as a unattached player. Um, same thing for Amari Bernie. Again, thank you for your service. Impressive interception in the end zone against uh, Utah this year, but my man gets like, I, I think I've gotten better at watching football and diagnosing like maybe X and O, Y is like where things happen, but the definition of linebacker getting sucked in and caught up in the wash and overrunning the hole every time Mm. is number two on Florida. Just watch it happen. Like he is the most athletically gifted linebacker Florida has, and this guy makes no tackles and covers nobody. And it's amazing to me how number 51, Ventrell Miller, the middle linebacker, who is like the prototypical slow middle linebacker makes every tackle it's because he's in the hole where he's supposed to be. And the running back runs into him and he, and he tackles him. Right. So Mike Kaiser just, situation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, from a, from a defensive standpoint, just really disappointed that Florida like basically busted coverage three four times and just got absolutely torched for huge explosive plays. But, um, offensively, I thought the scheme was really sound for Florida. They didn't even run the ball that well. Um, they ran it enough, I think to keep Tennessee honest, but they didn't run the ball that well in the game. Richardson, did, I think the bulk of the, of the running yards. I saw he had like a seven, almost 70% usage rate in the offense this game, which is, a, is, is a tall ask. Um, he's, he wasn't extremely sharp. I think he only completed 55% of his passes, but um, you know, I, Florida was more explosive uh, than Tennessee weirdly enough uh, in this game, just comparing like number of 20 plus yard plays and um Yeah, so I mean, you know, Florida worked really hard on offense to just be in this game. So that tells you Tennessee was very clearly the better team, right? So um, there was a lot of scuttlebutt online about Billy Napier's end-of-game decision-making, I guess maybe decision to go for two when down 11. Um, I know that you, all three of us on this podcast, are are students of the analytics game. The book says you go for two when you're down 11. Um, And I know that you can play the result and be like, well, if we would have kicked two extra points, then Florida could have been instead of throwing it, trying to heave a hail mary into the end zone to win, they could have been trying to get in shape for a tying field goal. Hmm. Um, but I don't think that you play as if overtime is a given. Yeah. Um, so if you're down 11, I think the thought is you go for two, so that then controls how you play the rest of the game. Like if you get it, then you're in you're in that sort of safe zone, and you can then kick an extra point.
2: You got and- options.
0: And a field goal can win you the game um, versus, uh, you know, you it's unfortunate that you didn't get it. Right. So it's kind of like one of those things where if, if, if the <clears throat> order of events was different and Billy Napier decided to go for two on the last play of the game to try to win the game, people would say, Oh, he's got balls. He put it all on the line and wanted to win the game. They wouldn't tell him, they wouldn't be saying he's an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of would challenge some people maybe to open their minds a little bit to like what the to analytics actually, research. well, to, to to like what the analytics actually mean and why when you're down 11, you should go for two. Um, yeah. It, because you know, you're going to have to score twice regardless. Yep. So you want to know what you're in for earlier then <laughs> that's that's yeah, literally it the line informs logic. your
2: decisions yes, exactly from an early
0: and, and subsequently if you're down 11 you go for two because you would rather be down 16 if the other team goes down scores a touchdown than down 17 because yep. that's two versus three. So there, there's multiple reasons to do it. Um now where you're at in the game certainly affects uh affects that but um I also think that it's interesting you get a lot of fans out there like really mad at Napier for being reckless in that situation. And Florida went for it on seven, six or seven fourth downs throughout the game and and converted six of them. And probably the reason you're in that game is because Billy Napier was sticking to his guns on when you should go for it on fourth down. (laughs) So you you can't have, you can't have it all. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you you can't have the good without maybe the bad result. Um, Also, I welcome the receiver to catch the pass in the end zone that hits him in the hands uh, on the, on the, on the two point conversion play too. Right. You know, that's not the coach's fault. So Um, It was a fun game. I was, I guess I would say proud of the fight. Um, I've noticed there's a strong contingent of people out there that need to let you know that they don't believe in moral victories before they give you all the reasons <laughs> that the game was a moral victory. So um, I think there's a lot of good to come out of the game. <clears throat> you had a chance to win at the end and, you know, it would have been great to get a clean throw off, but Tennessee actually did the right thing and, and brought some pressure on the last yeah. two plays of the game. And that seemed to really um, impede Anthony Richardson's ability to step up in the pocket and, and heave a couple of passes into the end zone. So. Anyhow, that's, I mean, that's all I got. It was, it was a fun game. Um, Happy they were in it. Uh, Florida schedule lightens up a little bit here moving forward. And I think they have a lot of good stuff to build on, but um, I think I was mostly happy to see Richardson get a little confidence and look, seemed like he was actually playing, playing football a little bit. Um,
2: Yeah. He seemed to be playing a little looser than the past couple of
0: weeks. Sneaky, decent performance for some receivers from Florida, too. I was pretty down on the receiving core. Jordan, did you notice what I was saying, how it appears that all Florida's receivers look like they're wearing ankle weights? Like, I don't understand how they all have, like, the carbon copy of the same, like, not fast, no no wiggle. There's no wiggle in any of those receivers, except for number one. Well, again, it's the
2: Adrian Martinez, Baker Mayfield. Like, they expend a lot more energy than actually gets
0: (laughs) output. It would appear that way, but, um, yeah, anyhow. It was a fun one. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah.
2: So go Gators. Also mm. at three thirty, the the forgotten child of the afternoon, perhaps, given yeah. the Gators yes. and the Dukes. Uh, Notre Dame was at North Carolina, and they they put it to North Carolina. Yeah. Was I was the, I was
0: extremely I was extremely wrong about this game.
2: So. I as was I <laughs> hand up,
0: I got it wrong. <laughs> That's on me. North Carolina's defense may be the worst unit, like the worst Power Five unit position in in the country.
3: Well, we say that, but there's a defense in the last game that we picked that might might have them in contention. Well, oh, or an offense, or a, a pass defense.
2: No, uh, Arkansas's oh.
3: defense. Oh, I see. I well, sure. So North, North Carolina is almost certainly worse.
2: Yeah, and watching, so watching North Carolina's defense struggle the way they have the past couple of years watching virginia's defense struggle mightily the last couple of years of the bronco men and hall era i do wonder how much of that is due to like you just don't practice against most offensive stuff like when you are practicing against your offense like virginia barely ran the ball at all last year and virginia also had a terrible run defense and i think those two kind of go hand in hand if you're not facing runs in practice um you can't you can't really you don't think this you don't
0: think the scout team is like doing some things
2: right i mean maybe but like I mean, not at a very good level but of yeah
0: well what certainly. you're facing yeah i gotcha
2: so i think there might be some of that involved i also just think like they're not being coached well Like, there's a lot of talent on that alleged talent on that (laughs) side of the ball. Um,
0: This is Jordan's favorite thing to dig in on the alleged talent on the UNC's roster. Yeah. No, I I still think
2: UNC is a soft team as a program overall. Um, I did see Mac Brown get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after uh, tossing his hat. He was so angry Mm -hmm. um, uh, about a pass interference call, he got very Mm -hmm. red in the face. So tribute good to pay tribute to Brian Kelly. Yeah, Tom Tom, and,
3: and, and Tom Coughlin.
2: Yeah, and especially yeah, that is a good call. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a Tom Coughlin <laughs> old man red. Do we, do we think
3: he do we think he used profanity or no? Oh, certainly. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking uh, of profanity, Billy Napier caught Billy Napier caught one of those this weekend too. He got a, 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 <laughs> a on sportsman like Philly. He was so mad. This was like Billy Napier punching Dabo mad. Like this he saw red big time. He had he issued an, an apology today to Gator Nation <laughs> <laughs> because of his unprofessional <laughs> behavior on the side. <laughs> I love it. I like that. I like a little piss and vinegar out of my coach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow.
2: Yeah, and you got the wherewithal to apologize after. Keep everybody happy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I didn't watch any of this Notre Dame UNC game. I was kind of tracking the score and I was like, nah. I, you know, it was the TLDR, like, that's crazy. I'm sorry that happened to you, or or or, or, I'm really happy that that, or or, I'm happy for you. So, um, yeah, North Carolina's defense is really bad. Notre Dame, maybe a bit of a get-right game, but I feel like everybody might have a pretty get-right situation against North Carolina, Um, defensively at least, except for probably UVA. They don't appear willing to um, exploit anybody's issues, but yeah. yeah, we'll
2: we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh North Carolina has Virginia Tech at home this weekend. That is gonna be an interesting contest. For sure.
0: Notre Dame is their defense, I think, is legit. Yeah. I mean, oh, North Carolina's well. offense is is real good. So I mean they, they did a good job clamping that down and at least building they
3: up. Got, I saw bits and pieces of this game. They got a ton of pressure, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Pressure boys. Pressure
2: Love boys. it. Um <laughs> Also, one final note: we mentioned Brian Harson was really filling out the performance hoodie uh, last weekend. Yeah. Marcus Freeman also jacked football. Oh, oh no! Dude, oh no!
3: The that man can wear a quarter.
0: Dominates a quarter zip.
2: Goodness yes.
3: gracious! Yes.
2: So, thanks for the inspiration, First Coach. I was going to say He's hitting it. the pec deck every day this week.
0: He and Tim Tebow share secrets as <laughs> as to how to fill up uh, athletic gear. Just stretch it to its full limit. Make the quarter zip <laughs> big for mercy. <laughs>
2: that's
3: probably what, that's why it's possible to zip, to zip Subconsciously, Jordan. That's probably why I wore the quarter zip I did today for Goff. I was oh, like, you know yeah, what? You're right. Medium time. You saw also why Jason did vibes.
0: thirty pushups in in the parking lot before that's right, you got yeah. there. You
2: got to get a, a p- good pump in before the yep. first tee. Let them know.
3: Billy Ho, Billy Ho style. Really assert myself (laughs) on the first box. Activate the boat muscles. With a truck horn and my medium quarter zip. Yeah,
2: You were packing it all. Yep. All right, final game, 7 p.m. We have the aforementioned push heard around the world.
0: What a stupid football game. This Uh, is gloriously
2: dumb football game. I am disgusted, by the way. (laughs) This this happened.
0: Same. I mean, I know Connor Whitehouse is, is still reeling from this one he had a good he had a good Saturday and the Dukes you know did good things and and his other his his other love the Razorbacks did not but um oof I mean Arkansas this kind of similar to last year Arkansas jumped out to like a 14 nothing lead and looked like they were just you know Rolling, about to about to lay the lumber and and then things kind of just slowed down and and nothing really happened for a while. Texas a and just fiddle farts around during the football game. It's so weird, yeah. it's like nothing look, happens. And they look they extremely
3: they get like, disconnected at all times.
0: And yeah, no game flow. The quarterback is like running around like his hair's on fire, doing just all <laughs> kinds of wild boy behavior. And then they'll hit like a chain or one of these like ridiculous athletes that they have an ia smith or something and he'll just like bust off a 60 yard scamper around and you know they kick a field goal or they punch it in and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay it's like 14 to 10 and you're like what happened how they score points like their defense their defense is good enough i think um i think arkansas occasionally gets a little I mean, I think Arkansas suffers sometimes a little bit from, like, maybe what Miami suffers from. Like, we have offensive linemen, uh, head coach guy that just wants to be a bully and push the team around. And, and like, that kind of, like, sometimes overshadows um, maybe things you you should be doing to, like, increase your margin in that game. But, I mean, this game really turned on a ridiculous play. K.J. Jefferson – (laughs) <laughs> appears why to be was he jumping from that diving into out? the end zone from like the nine yard line. Like, I don't know why he was so far away from the end zone. All horizontal. He's got blown up fumbles. Te- Texas a and picks it up. Then there's kind of like a weird, like stand up, no tackle situation. And then the guy hands it to another Texas a and fellow who just scampers down the field and they score a touchdown. It was, like the definition of a thirteen-point swing, I suppose it yeah. was really weird. It started off weird with why KJ was jumping from where he was jumping from with no shot to like do the broad jump into the end zone over That's the thing. pile. And it's like <laughs> he's not a tall guy. He
2: doesn't have super long limbs, so it's not like he's he pretty even big. Has the but body yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Frame you, yeah. build to where you're like, oh yeah, jump from there makes sense because you've got lanky, extendo, limbs.
0: Yeah, I mean this is not uh, not. um Who's the old long-necked quarterback from uh, NC State? Oh. Sean Glennon. Mike Glennon. It's not a <laughs> Sean Glennon, Glennon. It's was not in.
2: Davis Mills. <laughs> just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Davis Mills ain't walking through that door. I mean, it's not even like Cam Newton from like a lankiness standpoint. But right. regardless, it was a strange decision by KJ. He's made a lot of good decisions this year. That was not his best. Um, and, you know, then the 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 fire drill is on after that. And, and again, and then we find ourselves with Texas A&M just kind of, Nestling into the lead on sort of just some BS happening throughout. I mean, their offense is an abomination.
2: And Max Johnson got away with so many like panic throws just directly over the middle, (laughs) like lame duck floaters (laughs) that looked like they knuckled. Like it looked like they rose and fell and rose and fell. And then they got to a receiver who made an amazing catch, like ball behind him snags it brings it in like got away with so many of those to just extend drives keep the ball out of arkansas's hand um that was tough as an arkansas plus two guy
0: this is i mean this is where you like as frustrating as it is texas a&m has a lot of really talented players on their roster and if you like decrease your margin by doing some silly stuff and having some misplaced turnovers and things like that then you're going to let a a super talented team kind of hang around and eventually the super talented people are going to make cool plays. And it's like, dang, that's crazy. I just, like, to me, I hate to see that kind of BS rewarded. (laughs) So, I mean, which is not not dissimilar to how I feel about the whole Georgia football experience also, Mm -hmm. um, except for, you know, they they seem to at least be earning their rewards at this point. But, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the hogs fans out there because this one, yeah. this one was tough. Ended on the stoink on a weird stoink of all stoinks too. Uh, young man, the top of the upright steps in to kick, hits a pitching wedge, is dropping it down the chimney, um, and it hits literally the top of the upright and bounces backwards. So even if it went over, I think it's still a missed kick of officially. If it goes over the upright, it's not a That's good right. kick. Um, but regardless, like very physically improbable that all of that would have happened the way it was flipping and it like landed right on top and bounced backwards and then mm-hmm. like was like this far in front of or, you know three feet in front of the, I guess uh, I guess Jerry's crossbar. not
2: as wealthy as we thought he can't afford uh goal posts that extend higher than college kickers can kick
0: wow all the way all the way to the ceiling what a broke boy <laughs> you should use him to support the uh jumbotron that they have there yeah but
2: anyhow, yeah so I mean, uh I, I did see on Twitter, Jason Kirk uh, suggested that that doink be considered an oink moving forward, given given who it occurred. I see it. That's a great, that's a great point.
3: Although, to be fair, like, it was very weird and strange. It was like the the onslaught of, uh, the onslaught of people like national college football media were like, I've never seen that before in like 25 years and all that stuff. And then immediately got like a, like a blown up. Like it happened against it happened for Wyoming earlier this year apparently, and like all of a sudden that one was everywhere and it was just very it was a very strange like immediate, how dare you not have watched this field goal that Wyoming kicked three weeks ago? It's very it was a very aggressive correction. It was very strange. Right.
2: right. I'm also um, get, contractually obli- obligated now that we're talking about goalposts and unique happenings. Got to. to remind our listeners that. Algro once successfully challenged
0: Oh, I was gonna mention this too.
2: A yeah, extra point call and got it overturned in Virginia's favor.
3: Sorry, I'm I'm watching Sunday Night Football right now and Jimmy Garoppolo just dropped back through the back yeah. of the end zone. Did you, kind of you see
0: Dan Orlovsky's tweet? Dan Orlovsky just tweeted like
3: freedom.
0: And I was like, <laughs> I've never been happier in my life. <laughs> Literally, he pulled the Dan Orlovsky, just ran oh. out the back of the end. <laughs> Good for Dan. Uh, Dan Dan's been on a, a good star turn. You, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta like it. We're, we're I
2: still fun. am not completely sold, but he's got his moments, and I mean, he's willing to he's willing to make fun of himself. Which yeah, right, he's got seven, a good
0: attitude. He's willing to give like great face when like question like questionable things are said, like pause worthy things are said on on set.
3: You know, I love that. I, I do love that. He does have he does he does gym the camera a little bit. Yeah, reactionary
0: face. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, cool. So, sorry to Arkansas fans everywhere, but uh, Texas a m somehow holds it together with duct tape and just keeps this weird rambling ship moving forward um, to where they certainly will somehow beat uh, Alabama. And I'm sure they'll score 50 points on Florida, just inexplicably for no reason. <laughs> but um, we look did forward to that.
2: Did game. y'all see, last note on this game for me, did y'all see uh, Jimbo's iced-out Suns?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I did not.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, Search the Twitters; it's there somewhere. But apparently, he like the post game on field, his sons came next to him to to embrace him. Oh, one they of, always at least do one that. Of them was wearing like a lot of chains, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. <laughs> I'm... So, some someone on Twitter dubbed it Jimbo's iced out son, I think. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to, I, I saw a tweet that says Jimbo, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher's son looks like a bigger douchebag than he does. Which, <laughs> oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah, you got it. Wow. Jason, I'll send it to you. Thank okay, you. This, is, this is elite. This is an elite photograph here. <laughs> also, Jimbo, like. Is this the son that had the health issues? Like that was was prior to. Jimbo's divorce and what situation. We're, I think
2: we're in the clear to make fun of just Oh no, no 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 no
0: I'm I'm just I'm just curious. Like, are we that old that this this is now like what this young man looks like? Well, I mean like? they like,
2: were kids when like kids' kids when the divorce happened. Yeah. As
0: I recall. Oh man, there's a there's another picture from 1125 uh 2018 that I will also share with you all. It appears that this 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 son has been on a, a journey of sorts. <laughs>
2: like looks. chet hanks <laughs> he's jimbo's adult son chet
3: looks like him a little bit
0: uh, i'm also gonna send you guys another tweet you may may or may not find funny but yeah <laughs> all, right. all right this is a lot of jimbo fisher son content on the internet that is is worth checking out but uh anyhow all right cool well hey uh another week in the books love it we love college football i thought this was a fun week i mean i'm, I'm really kind of yeah. liking the season it, it does not appear that anybody is willing to uh just be bulletproof um except for maybe georgia
2: but there's a lot of good interesting subplots at this point
0: yeah and i, I think a lot of teams already have taken some losses and you know you have some good stories like some teams that are undefeated like kansas right um mm-hmm. you know you have to figure kansas is probably going to catch an l at some point this season but hey undefeated kansas could be pretty crazy Um, We continue to experience Iowa football in new and unwavering ways every week. I saw that they were, they're like number one in, in defensive EPA. And I think they're number 131 out of 131 in offensive EPA, which is beautiful. Like really, really, (laughs) the absolute duality is, is tremendous there. But yeah, I think, I think this will be good. So we will see how it goes. You guys got anything else before we sign off? I don't think so okay awesome it's the wheel route you know what it is thank you for joining us we're at the wheel route on twitter wheel route podcast at gmail.com send us a note the wheel is the website you can stream the show there you can check the pics there you can also uh download the show and listen to it from your favorite podcast acquisition service until we meet again go gators go
3: Hoos. hey go dukes